Hello everyone and welcome to yet another episode of the Business Motivation Podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Farkasen, the Business Motivator. And this is episode 14 of the podcast. And with me, we have a special guest tonight. We have Siobhan Hibbert. He describes himself as a content creator. And as he will introduce himself, he will, you know, put in his two cents about what he does. So, Siobhan, over to you. Just a bit more introduction, please. Hi, everyone. I'm Siobhan Hibbert. I'm a creative content designer, content creator. I enjoy... Um, my spirit, I enjoy looking at other person's work, learning about the industry standards and um, trying to improve myself as well when I have the time. I currently am um, an educator as well, a technologist at the University of Technology and um, I freelance with my company Shivex Productions when I get clients. Um, yeah, let's call it. All right, awesome stuff. Now you can see that this young man is very um, versatile and very immersed in his field. Now, you mentioned you like to look at you know, the work of others and you know, gain inspiration from, um, from them in order to improve yourself. And that's very good. Um, for those who watched the last episode, I had a talk with Dale Honigan about, you know, his experience learning about music and it's a similar thing here. I hope you guys notice that, you know, whatever field that you're in, you still have to do the same, some of the same things. You still have to find, you know, inspiration from other people who are ahead of you. And um, just to tell us a bit more, like, whose work, you know, helps inspire you more than others? Well, all right. So my... Favorite or well, a photographer that I look up to is um, Lexan Art. Lexan Art, I think, has a way with how he sh- keeps his theme um, constant or cohesive with everything that he does. And you can, as um, a friend of mine would put it, you can see his work anywhere and and know it. It is his, and it goes beyond just the colors. But it's just the overall feel. That is where it gives you. Even though recently it's been changing a lot in terms of that feel, but at its core, you still know it's his work when you see it. Um, I also look up to um, Courtney Chen as well. Uh, those are gay. He is also a very consistent photographer. Whenever you see his work, it is always mind boggling. And well, you know, persons might look at it and say, oh, it's the equipment that they use and so on. But I think it's more than that. I think it's the experience because photography especially uh as well as videography to some extent it's a it's a it's a it's a feeling that you get when you're taking the photos and that that feeling you get from it is it comes from a lot of experience and um you, know, you can get to put that into your work so you know what to look for when is it that the photo looks right enough to not have so you don't you don't have to take an extra is it that you're just snapping away until you find the right shot? Or is it that you're composing the shot to get the perfect angle, the perfect exposure, the perfect reaction from the, the, the model, etc.? Is that what you have to do before you get the right shot? You just take one picture with all that I finalized, or you snap an exit on your post and go back to it. I think 
Presence at Nixon Arrington and currently changing the, the composition prior to to um, getting the result that they want. You know, the, it's 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 calculated. That really is inspiring to me. All right, that that's, that was a lot to unpack, and I, I really took note of the last thing you said a while ago. It's calculated, and people might think that oh, they're just taking pictures. What how much thought could go into this? Trust me. I, I have seen um, the work of um, many photographers and w- when they capture the picture, they realize that everything has importance. To For example, they're taking a picture of a, a couple at a wedding, right? And it's not just a couple, you know, it's a whole background and the environment and what's going on behind even if, they, if they're taking a picture in front of a building and the words of the building behind them, like if there's a sign there, even that has something to do with it. I remember um, seeing the work of somebody that, somebody that went to high school with me when President Obama came to Jamaica. Somehow we got that link and he was <laughs> nearby and he took a shot of Obama, of Obama leaving Air Force One, right? But, you know, as he stepped out of the plane, there's like a a symbol, like a coat of arms kind of thing on the plane. And he took it right as he was about to pass it. So it's like the, the, the sign was like right beside him. And it was such a perfect picture. But, you know, Obama is here representing the United States. And there's a symbol right beside him. So... There's a lot of thought put in these things. And this is just from me who is just seeing it. And of course, um, for those who actually practice this thing, you know, they would have a lot more to say. And I'm sure Shevan will have a lot more to say as we go along. But um, I want to backtrack a bit and, you know, go to the origins, you know. How did Shevan Hibbert become a photographer and videographer? you know, a content creator. Where did this spark begin? All right. So I um, I didn't have the same interest as others growing up. I was more interested in, as I followed, say, <laughs> animation, creating things. I liked to to tell stories in terms of, I would write a lot and I would um, make up scenarios, you know, the little, little little shorts and poems etc and when that got I got older and you know kind of started growing up a lot I used to I started to put my 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 um, my niche into something else or my yeah my you know time into something else and that became 2D animations and, and um after effects. I started teaching myself after effects in about in high school about tenth grade or so and um, while well, teaching myself after effects, I realized my computer couldn't manage it at all. I used to spend about three, four hours trying to render um, something about a two-second clip, <laughs> and days trying to render something that has like ten seconds. It would take like a day or a couple of days as well. Crazy. Yes. <laughs> and then um, I realized, you know, this is this is too time time consuming. I don't have the resources to do animation, so let me. Put my time into something else and i started to learn more about photography i didn't have a camera i couldn't have a but my mom had an old olympus olympus point and shoot camera that um 
she 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 really wanted a camera. She loves photography, but she would not learn. She refused to learn. So I said, you know, let me take it up and try. And then started to practice with it. You know, tried to take shots here and there. They didn't look so great. Um, sorry, I'm sorry, Chef. Can I just cut you off a bit? You mean the old Olympus camera that had the film in it? Or is not no, that? no, no, not, not that old. Oh. <laughs> not that old, not that old. It was the, the um, point and shoot. Uh, I don't remember what the name of it is, but it was very small, very, very small. And yeah, and it had the video capabilities as well. And um, I used to watch a lot of uh, video co-pilot, um, Andrew Graham at the time. And he was a, is a, is a motion graphic designer who does a lot of work, you know, for um, films and so on. But then it was really more small time and, you know, he had tutorials on YouTube and so on. And I used to watch the tutorials and try to create them. My computer couldn't manage it. So I said, let me pause this and focus more on trying to get the video part done. And I started to video my friends who weren't really happy about it. And then I started, you know, I started trying to find ways to make it. And we started putting up videos on YouTube, which were very embarrassing. Um, I had to delete a couple, <laughs> a few years ago and I, I saw them and was like, oh, shoot, this is still online? I had to pull them down very quickly. And um, yeah, so I start, taught myself a lot. Then I, I applied to go to Fosse's University which is that prime university that every content creator wants to go that, you know, but I got through and I got the school fee and it was 72,000 US dollars at the time. And I was like, Oof. yeah, um, you know, <laughs> but like, you know, but like most of the Adventist um, students at the time, I also applied to NCU as well. Um, yeah, I, I knew from, a young age that I wanted to do sound, um, sound engineering, audio engineering, and animation. Um, the photography thing was just a, a hobby to me until I could get the resources to actually do the animation that I wanted to do and the motion of that I wanted to do. Um, anyways, I started NC, I went to the IT, thinking that was the field to go in. And Miss um, Asimedia at the time was a chair. She saw me and she said, why are you going to IT? No, I think you should be in our department. Um, without, she didn't know me from Adam, she just saw me and my dad. And she just said it to me, I think you should be part of DCS. Um, you look at the DCS type. And so I went to DCS. I, I tried to minor in IT as it was you know, recommended to me. But for some reason, the IT part was going to work. It's like, God just put everything, every roadblock in the way. I mean, not to the IT. And so I started. So while I was at school, I wasn't really interested in what was being taught. Um, most of it I already seen on YouTube. So I felt like a waste of time. In terms of the technical part of it, the writing part, I really struggled with in terms of, you know, news and so on. That wasn't my interest at all. Well, I had to do it to graduate, so I had to just buckle down and fight it. Uh, but I used to spend the evenings when I get home studying, looking up log profiles, learning hypophysics, so it's really used to hold in to work, um, understanding chromatic operation. I used to know to calculate fringing. Um, understanding how the light works in the lens, you know, when it meets back at a certain point to reduce chromatic aberration and all of that. It used to be very interesting to me. And I, I, I started disliking school because I wasn't being taught what I thought I was going to university to learn. It was just very basic. Um, but at night, I used to stay up late and that used to bring comfort to me. But I still could not take a picture because I didn't have a camera. Uh, I couldn't afford one. And NCU school fee make it worse, we couldn't afford them. <laughs> I was I was even working at the media group, and if you know NCU, when you get paid at NCU, you can't get the physical money. You that is sent to your ID 
and um, you can use it to make on-campus purchases. So yes, and if you accumulate a certain amount of money, then you can get a percentage of that money, but you couldn't pull all the money out from your account. You can only use it to pay a school fee or buy things in a cafeteria, etc., etc. So even though I was working at the university for years, uh, yeah, no, <laughs> I used to just use that for that. So I couldn't use that to buy a camera. I used to try to offset it, but no matter how I try to use it, that money to buy groceries and then just save other, just couldn't come up to, come up to that amount of money required to buy a camera. So um, I got desperate and I reached out to a church brother of mine who was, was working for Google at the time. And I asked him, to, hey, I really want to you know, get a camera I'm doing this course. It helped me a lot and so on and then he said sure I probably money assisted um, and I saved the rest what I could and my aunt as well jumped in and um, they helped me to get a camera and it's my first camera when I got the camera I already knew how to use the camera before I got it because I, I was studying all the time um, but that still didn't translate into me taking a proper picture because I knew the theory but to the practical, I, I could not use it. And um, this, I, I think I should be around because a lot happened during that time why I got desperate to get my own camera. Because other persons had cameras around me. Uh, I could not, I didn't have access to them. The church was on my end. That, that even motivated me more to study. He also had a camera. He had finished university, I think a couple years before. And he had his camera at the D3100 Nikon. And yeah, no problem, sorry. And um, yeah, sorry about that. So he had a deep church 100 and we, he, he used to bring to church and I always wanted to use it. I was studying at the time when I, I mentioned it to him and he said, no, I want and I should get one myself. And he was more concerned about it getting damaged and so on and all of this. So I said, no, fine. His own understand. I was disappointed. Especially because of church brother and was the communication department. So fine. But there is another person at the church. He was studying at NC as well. Um, he had graduated and he had bought his camera. And it was an older version, older camera. I didn't mind. Um, we went to a concert. It was Aka Fest in 2012 or 2013. Really? Aka And he gave it to me and said, just want to some, some pictures, you know? And I was so excited, I was like, what? No, I didn't know how to use a camera at the time. But um, I started playing around with it and I started taking pictures and persons in the audience were like, why are you taking pictures? <laughs> and uh, he was like, no, no business with them, just take pictures. And I snapped, snapped for the entire time, entire night, I snapped pictures. And that even fueled the interest more. So when I got to save now, years after that, and get my own camera now, I already knew, because at that time I knew it was difficult to take a proper picture. So I was studying, using my time to invest in, my, um, in that knowledge. And um, yeah, I started to, to deviate from audio because I, I was heavily involved in audio at the time. But um, my I just found this love for, for, vid for visuals as well, um, instead. All right, all right, Siobhan. Um, you said a lot just now. And for those who are listening, I cannot summarize all of that. So you're going to have to rewind the video and, and just watch that part again. Okay, no problem. Sorry about that. Oh, you don't have to edit that out. <laughs> no, it's the yeah problem. The the earlier the someone was knocking, so we're getting my attention. Yeah. Yeah, I'm ready. 
were home like yeah, that's what but yeah for those who are watching uh, i can't summarize all of that so you're gonna have to rewind and just watch the whole thing again but um you made a very interesting point that i i noticed when you said that you know you still found it difficult to take a picture and you still knew that it was you know difficult to take a proper picture i want to know what do you define as a proper picture and explain how could it be difficult because people probably listen and say you know you just point the camera and you press a button what how hard can it be so please educate us sir hebrew so for me a picture should tell something about you as a photographer about the subject as well as about an overall message behind it even as it really stuff portrait um that's what that's and that's why i don't post a lot of my work um because if i don't if i can connect to it i will not post it and i've taken hundreds of pictures for a lot of persons um, but if it's not that picture i will not post it um a proper picture is the exposure is right and not, it, it shouldn't just just be properly exposed it should be correctly exposed exposed for the scenario so um if if you are if i'm taking photos for a campaign that has to do with um let's say don't be that guy um which don't be get that guy would be about guys who cat calls who makes women uncomfortable all of this um if i'm t- doing a, taking photos for a campaign like that, i would not want the, the photos to look you know pretty i would not want the men being photographed to look like they're innocent i don't want it to look more grungy i want it to, to feel that way i want to light it that way i want to take it in angles that would suggest that men are making women feel like less of less of a person so meaning if, if if i would have to shoot from a lower angle so that guys appear taller or bigger than the woman on and you know shoot women at a, at a, t- a higher angle so they appear smaller or whatever the case maybe um you know and if i want to send this is like the gospel um and we're trying to bring people like a revival if i'm going to take photos for revival i would want the person to go, who is supposed to be on the, f- the flyer to be well lit you know everything nice the person can see them and look appealing but if i'm doing a concert now and i want them to look more attractive i would like them differently i would have you know um more contrast between light and shadows etc so a good picture is um where you can have everything ideal for the scenario not just a pretty picture wow um very good explanation <laughs> very detailed explanation so it it basically should tell a story you know it should convey some type of message and to make the message stronger just by you know shifting up the lighting and all that I, i guess if people want to find out the more technical stuff they would have to you know contact you personally um the links to his social media will be in the description guys because <laughs> we can't go through all of the, all of those technical stuff right here on the podcast but um thank you for that uh really learned something there that's that's powerful so they say a picture is worth more than a thousand words a proper picture is worth than a thousand words yes so we're changing that here on the business motivation podcast so i'm sure it felt really good when you finally 
tell that camera that you bought with your own money and they say yes. Now do road no, I hate this. Help <laughs> <Love> money. <laughs> right. But I mean, what that you had the equipment, you know, to do what you wanted to do. I'm sure that was a good feeling. But you know, did you start off guns blazing? Did you hit the ground running or what? <laughs> okay. <laughs> As a photographer, the the first job is the hardest because you don't know what you're doing. Yeah, so my first wedding, that was first event that I did, a wedding, a job writing, uh, I, I did with uh, the same person that gave me the first camera to hold, to, to shoot, the first person. I did it with him. That's Pastor Brown, Ranger Brown. And um, we we went yeah. to this yeah to this wedding in um, Manchester, in the hills. A nice, nice, expensive-looking wedding. And um, I went as his assistant. No, he had so much faith in me, and I was lost. It was I was just regurgitating what I learned online, and <laughs> I, I was when I got home. And I sat in front of the images. I was like, "Wow, I know nothing." Like, and, and when the presses love the pictures. You know, they were like, "Yeah, the pictures are very." I was like, "No, no, there's no something wrong." You know, it's, it's it doesn't look like anybody could have used a phone and take it. It's just like it's like a, a better quality, but in terms of the image itself, it wasn't it. It wasn't it at all. And um, so. I, I started studying more, doubling more, and then I got another work with him. Um, but I was always thanking the Lord that is actually me and somebody else. So I am just a backup, and he's a main photographer. And um, then when I, my a friend of mine from church, he asked me to do his wedding for him. Now he came to me and he offered, and this time it was actually money, money, because before. I was getting a cut, but not, you know, not a lot of money. Was, I wasn't doing it for the money. I was doing it for to learn. So when he offered me money, um, like, oh, whoa. Uh, sure, I'm saying, yeah, man, you know, I'm still work and I want to take pictures for him. And um, pressure he had that. actually, repeat? Pressure that, no, I don't. Yeah, yeah, man, pressure. <laughs> and what happened was his wife at the time, she she didn't know me as, know me as, she didn't know me as a photographer. I know her though. But she didn't know me as a photographer, so she said, well, she hired her own photographer as well as a videographer and thing. <laughs> and he said, you know, even the know about them, but they know me. So he hired me. So I was supposed to focus on him and others focus on, you know, them. Um, so they were the main. Now, uh, so I, that we didn't know. Um, before it, I, I had a kit lens and a church, another church brother, I asked him, he, he had offered me to, to, to test out his lens, which was a 35mm lens, um, and I tried it out, 35mm f1.8. So for that wedding, it was the first time I'm using a prime lens. I read out both online and I know the capabilities, know how to use it and everything, but it was the first time I used one. And at the end of the wedding, I mean, I was, I was not listening to Bash, but the, the main photographers, they were, he was like pushing me to the way and saying, like, come out and shot him. Like, no, all of this, and I set it up, and it was a bit miserable and not so happy about me being there. I didn't drive or anything either, so I had to travel with them, which, you know, added stress. <laughs> so at the end of the everything, though, 
they only used my photos. They had major issues with <laughs> the main ones that back all the money. They had major issues with them. And yeah, up to this day, still my images are used. And that was the first time I did a wedding by myself. Yes. After that, I got more confident, but I kept, and I kept that thought at the back of my head, like, yo, this is a person's life. Like after this, they, they, it's, it's in sickness or in health till they do them part. I can't afford to mess up their work. So one time, once in a lifetime opportunity. So whatever I get and on that day will have will be over my shoulders and over them or theirs at the same time um, forever. So I had to ensure that I keep that in my mind when I'm doing any form of wedding or anything like that, um, which has motivated me to improve. Uh, yeah, it's a terrifying, frightening thought. So the question is, can you in the audience, those who are listening, can you work under pressure? Because that's a lot of pressure, you know. In the world of business, you have to learn how to work under pressure. Because trust me, the pressure will come. I did notice something very important that, that you said before when you you, you had that first um, wedding and you looked at the pictures and even though everybody else was liking the pictures, you, know, you weren't happy with it. And it's just, it comes to show that as a business owner or, you know, whatever you want to call yourself, if the product that you make is not good in your eyes, especially if you are somebody who has experience, if it's not good in your eyes, even if the customer likes it, you should still try to improve it. Don't just say, oh, the customer likes it and he just put your hands in the ear and say, no, I'm good. No, you have to keep putting more into it because at the end of the day, you know, as, you know, Chevron rightly said, um, this is somebody's life or, you know, however, whatever product that you are producing should be impacting somebody's life in some way, right? So even if it's not photography, you know, whatever you are doing, it is somebody's life and you have to make a, a positive impact on that person's life because, you know, especially in the age of the internet, if whatever you're doing is on the internet, it pretty much is there. <laughs> true, true, true. And that, that's important. I, I moved from photography, wedding photography to wedding photography um, sometime back. So I mainly nowadays I do mostly wedding videos and um, <laughs> I keep moving, <laughs> but um, that that now really proved to me because a lot of times clients would say that they want a highlight. You know, they'll say like, you know, we don't need anything more than a highlight. We can't afford a full wedding video, so let's put this on a highlight. And then when they finish, they would ask for a full video. I'm like, but this now I'm not want it. And when they ask for it, I can oh, where's the stuff? I'm like, no, yeah, we paid for a highlight. And they're like, okay, so fine. No, I want a full wedding video. But we already shot an eye like we can just just pull the things out of thin air. Um, <laughs> and that really concretes to me that they're going to know she's the it's normally brides. They're not going to be unhappy for the rest of their lives whenever they think about the fact that they opted for the highlight instead of the wedding video. And so I I try my best to try to work within what they want. It's hard enough because sometimes you have to draw you have to draw the line. Um but it really concretes in my mind now. And recently, well, last year, a friend of mine asked me 
for a sample wedding video. So just, um, some a friend of hers wanted somebody to do a wedding video, so she asked us for samples. So I sent her, and she was like, um, "You have any more?" And I kept sending her. I sent her about four or five, and she was like, "Oh, this was the last one that you did." And I said, "Yes, that was a, the most recent one." She was like, well, I can see the difference. She said that she could see each one getting better progressively. Um, and I was like, wait, were the others bad? She was like, no, they're not bad. But she could tell that they're being improved upon. And I think that is that that stuck with me. So every time, like a Mr. Beast, try to over, outdo yourself every time, you know? No matter how good you think it is, how out of the norm, it should be improved. Um, last, I, I had... I, I had two weddings, one last week and one the week before. And um, the one for the week before, when I sent it off to the client, she was saying, um, she asked me if I had OCD, so I asked her about it. She said, because I, I insisted on everything going perfectly in, <laughs> in order, because it, it, if it just feel off, looking back on the day 20 years from now, they, they must see it and know what ex- exactly what happened on the day considering that they actually want opt for that service because a lot of times people don't know what they want and it's up to us as a, a client, as, as a service providers to ensure that their thing looks good and we also look good at the end of the day all right awesome um you really did release a few gems there um and i hope those who are listening to this podcast are really picking them up because it's really important. One of the things he mentioned is that, you know, you have to draw the line, right? So don't just do any anything just because the customer wants it and wants some money. No, you must set your boundaries. And this applies to any relationship. But, you know, we're gonna we're not gonna open the can of worms. <laughs> All right, but you know, learn how to negotiate man. and you know you have to Negotiate in a way where it benefits you as well. It's not, yes, it's about the customer, but it's about you as well because, you know, you need take money. <laughs> so you have to negotiate in a way that benefits the two of you. I know that can be difficult and you're going to have to use up those soft skills, but it's just the name of the game. All right. So um, I do have maybe like one or two questions for you remaining. All right. So the quest one of the questions I wanted to ask is, you know, so many people out there doing photography. I, I personally know I can name like four from the top of my head, like people I actually know, right? And so I mean, how do you remain, you know, competitive despite this being such a market? Yes, how I stay competitive in the market. I I don't think I've ever tried to be competitive. I have told many persons to use another photographer because um, the style that they're looking for is not what I can produce. A lot of times I've sent um, persons to others. I've, I've compared and said, hey, if this is the style that you're looking for, I think you should go with, um, with a, what's his name again? There's a friend of mine, well, um, yeah, Anelia um, contracts. Or if you want to go with James Mitchell and located, or you want to go with somebody else, maybe, you know, I do, I, I've never thought of um, photography as a sport or something to be compared. I just love taking pictures. I love 
created because I've never fought for a job and to the point where I don't think I've charged enough in a lot of cases. I've, I've, I've been cursed out <laughs> by um, colleagues for not <laughs> charging or even taking payments or a lot of stuff because it was never about money. It was just about love and I'm learning now. I'm trying to restructure how I'm doing things to start actually taking, you know, charging properly if I want to make this into a proper business that is lucrative and not just doing it for love and then just, you know, you can, you know. Because at first, that's how I was. I started to make things, you know, um, block it out and say, hey, it's a business, I would need this amount of money for my time, etc., etc. I found myself not changing price for the last three years and it's it, it's to the point now where I'm not making profit in a lot of cases. Um, and, and it has turned out to bite me recently because they stole my car, my equipment and so on in it. And um, it kind of really opened up, you know, my mind to it, to say, oh, I've been working so long and I can't replace the things that are gone. Because, you know, so um, I'm working and I'm fixing things up. But I, from being competitive is never um, a goal for me. Yeah. I just love it. Yeah. Okay, I, I was not expecting that answer, <laughs> to be honest. And, you know, um, it, that's why it's so good to, you know, talk to different people because they get different perspectives. No, something you said, though, um, was very important. You said there are, you know, different styles of photography. Now, again, I wasn't really looking into it that deeply. And, of course, there must be different styles of photography. Any kind of art you have, whether you paint or you, you do music. Speaking of music, check out episode 13 with Dale Honeygun, all right? All right, so there are always different styles. So, you know, you know, it really makes sense. And so your style will always appeal to someone. But, you know, in terms of, you know, the thing you said about pricing, yes, I, I agree with your friends. They they curse you that I would have done the same, <laughs> to be honest. Um, My sister especially. Yes. <laughs> yeah, a good friend of mine as well. And I mean, it's good that you are beginning to to listen, right? Because you know, at the end of the day, um, we who would curse you out and you know, those who have, you know, they're really looking out for your best interest. And, you know, for those who are listening um, on the podcast, sometimes you might hear somebody cursing you out and you think, oh, it's a fight against you. No, we're trying to make you better. We're trying to make you realize certain things. And, you know, um, Siobhan, I show that, you know, he's very good at what he does. But, you know, he's not perfect, just like everybody else here. And we have all made business mistakes before. And, and I do commend you for, you know, coming on this platform and confessing that so that, you know, those who are listening don't fall into the same trap, you know, because even though it's about the passion and about the love for the thing, it's about making money as well. And um, you recently got married, right? Yes, last year, July. All right. And I know that you're in this new married lifestyle congratulations by the way you know just want to publicly do that here you know we support those things here on the business motivation podcast right um 
you know, marriage is not cheap. I'll tell people all the while. <laughs> so now is the time for you to, you know, really listen to your friends and, you know, and I really, I really hope you do make massive improvements in your finances, right? And of course, you say you're always studying and so your skills will improve, all right? For those who want a photographer, get this guy, you know, he's always studying and, you know, he really loves what he does and you will have high standards for what he does, all right? So, yes, free promotion, I don't mind. <laughs> All right, okay. I won't try it. I won't try it for that one. Um, <laughs> uh, the final question, though. Uh, I hope I haven't forgotten it. Oh, I had a really good question in mind to ask you. Yes, for the future, though. So apart from fixing the whole um, charging of your services and stuff. So apart from that, where do you envision this um, business of yours? in the near future, within the next three, four, five years? I've always thought about it as a family business. I've been trying to get my family involved. They're not interested at all. Um, so I turned to my wife's family, um, who a lot of her cousins are somewhat interested. I've offered everything. I've given my first camera to her cousin to, to use and practice and learn. I've given my equipment, like my graphic tablet, etc. I've given you know, them away to the family members to say, oh, learn let's keep the money in the family let's grow um i find it difficult but that is my long-term aim i've asked my wife on countless um, occasions to uh, let's be that you know don't let me answer calls i don't want to i am weak in terms of um finances you know i someone will tell me say oh them can't afford that i'm saying uh, you know, so I mean, I really don't want to do that still, you know, and yeah, but I'm like, you know, please be that person. And we kind of agreed on that recently to so revamping things, but that's my long term, making it generational, trying to open up an opportunity for generational wealth. Brian Studio, I, a friend of mine, um, is Brian, Brian that died, his daughter, and she, her family just proved to me that it's possible because there are few schools and universities in Jamaica that does not utilize brand students services services and um, no matter how much I'm complaining say the picture them don't look good a lot of times in organization pictures and so on they're still the ones that are going to be used so I think it is possible to create an opportunity for generation of work through um, a business like this uh, well very um very informative answer thank you for that and not just photography of course any kind of business you can you know build generational wealth with and of course um what was important is not just that he mentioned was not just going with any and any family member was has to be interested family members right because well of course they can't force anyone <laughs> to be a business right <laughs> But, you know, many times, you know, we say, oh, but we're a family and, you know, that would probably coax them into signing up on the program and then, you know, they might follow. You have to get interested people, whether or not they're family. So don't just do things just because of family. They have to be interested as well for those who are listening, you know. Um, I just want to say this has been a very good um, conversation with you uh, i've learned a lot from this and i hope those who are watching you know will learn a lot from this as well of course as i mentioned before 
the links to his social media will be in the description. So if you want to talk to him about those prices or whatever, you know, um, you can contact him there. Of course, you know, my contacts by now <laughs> for those who have been watching. All right. So, um, Siobhan, before you go, any word of encouragement for those who are, you know, interested in, you know, starting something in photography? Yes. Um, don't give up. Uh, you might, your first picture, my first picture that I took with my camera, when I got the camera, I went to church the same Sabbath. And my family members were there. And um, aunts, uncles, everybody. And I took a picture for them. And that was the first time, you know, using the camera like that. And it was awful. And then you know, everybody, if they took the picture, they're like, well, let me see, let me see it. Now, understanding that a DSLR works weird. You can't just take one picture and it's perfect. And a DSLR camera, you don't know how the picture looks until after you take it. So after you take it, you, know, you look at it as a test shot and then you make adjustments. So they're not taking another one. Um, I've never switched the camera in auto before. Never put the camera in auto to take a picture. That to me is a taboo. So from the first time I got it, I was determined to use it manually. And so when they asked us to the picture and I was like, it's not it's another way you're begging. I showed them it and like, oh, show on enough take picture. And I was <laughs> Well, I didn't give up. <laughs> I went to one and said, I never again, no one is going to be able to say that again. So, you know what? If you like a certain style, don't fall because the world wants you know, another style. Do not be cliche. Cliche. Um, a student, <laughs> the student I was talking to last week as well about his photography style. He's very dark and grungy and he's saying, he says, the world is not a pretty place. It's not a nice place. So, everything it takes, it's very dark and very moody and has that character to it. And um, they're beautiful images. Um, when he takes a picture of a woman, you would not want to put that woman as, as a picture as a profile picture, you know? But the picture does tell a story and it is beautiful in its own right, but it's grungy and, and hard. Um, as opposed to, to Lexan, so, so to, um, located. When I took, I did a wedding with him and um, I was like, this guy's nuts. It's insane. There's no way you can do a wedding without a flash or some form of strobe. There's no way. And when I saw the wedding, after, I was like, oh my, my, oh my word. It was beautiful. And that was his style. Uh, I didn't know people were comfortable with seeing images like those. I thought those were taboo. They're not, not properly exposed. It, all of this. No, it is whatever you want to do, whatever you feel is right with you and you. You should um, go for it. You should work hard and improve and study. Keep studying. Don't stop studying. All right. Awesome stuff, Shaban. Um, really important information there. Whatever you have in here should show in every picture. All right. And not just for photography, music, whatever art style, whatever you do, authenticity is key. When we look at that picture, you know, we can see, you know, Chevron took this picture or whoever else. You know, there's identity in everything that you do. All right. So, you know, if anything else, if you have missed out everything else, do not forget authenticity in business. All right. Which is very important. And of course, you know, draw the line 
Rero to negotiate. <laughs> All right? Amen. And of course, always stay motivated. And as Shevon says, never give up. All right? So this is it for episode 14 of the Business Motivation Podcast. Really hope you enjoyed the show. And I hope you really learned something from what we have discussed. And Shevon, take it away. Say goodbye. Uh, bye, everyone. Remember, we have 7 events discounts for our members of the church. There's 10% discount. Um, keep that in mind. <laughs> and yeah. All right. Free promotion again. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. All right. So you heard that. So you know where to go next. His links will be in the description. All right. We'll see you for the next episode. All right. Peace out. Bye, everyone. <laughs>